What's up, guys? Welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. My name's John, and this is r slash Tales from Tech Support. Just got inside from turning over the compost piles and doing a couple other chores. Installed another dishwasher today. Installed a temporary oven and stove while we're waiting for the new one to arrive, hopefully this upcoming weekend. Good times. All right, let's do some tech support. Importance of charged batteries. I have one for you folks. If anyone has read any of my past posts, you've seen I've made several about working at an airport. This one is much shorter and falls into other duties as assigned. One day I got a call from a lead agent from the most patriotic named airline in the U.S. About 150 people were on a flight and they were sitting on the tarmac for the better part of an hour. The flight was delayed because the aircraft needed a part replaced on one of the engines. The flight support crew had the part, but the problem was they didn't have a drill battery charged. <laughs> oh my god. The crew was scrambling to find a drill with a charged battery. So rather than calling operations to check with either the airport building crew or field maintenance guys, the lead agent decided to make the call to technology. More specifically, me. The lead agent from that patriotic named airline chose wisely that day because we always had two charged drill batteries in our workshop. I grabbed the gear and headed out to the stalled aircraft, and the crew got to work. Within about 10 minutes, the flight was on its way. How do you run any kind of building crew, maintenance crew, mechanic crew, whatever kind of crew? Or how is it that your job requires power tools? 90% of the time you're going to be using cordless drills. Let's face it. I mean, they're convenient and it's really not difficult to keep two or three batteries charged at all times. It just doesn't make any sense. Although I will say around this house, batteries seem to go missing and then they'll reappear magically next to the charger. Not on the charger to be charged, but next to the charger, so that the next time I need a battery, yeah, they're just dead. Yeah. I don't have time for all that. Brief background. Customers walking outside somewhere while on the phone. Unfortunately, we don't have remote access to users where I work. Customer. My Outlook isn't working. Me. Okay, gotcha. Let's see what's going on with it. When you try to open Outlook, what happens? Do you receive a specific error message or anything like that? Customer. Uh, no, it just said I couldn't connect or something. Then I check and make sure her computer account as well as her actual Outlook account are activated to see whether the issue is with her mailbox itself or just with the application. Mailbox is active as well as her computer account. Looks like an issue with the Outlook profile. Me. Okay, gotcha. Are you near a computer right now so we can take a look and do some troubleshooting? Customer, uh, no, I'm walking outside right now. Me, okay, so what we can do since you're not at a computer currently, we usually will have users recreate their Outlook profiles so I can shoot some step-by-step -step instructions over on how to do that for you to try when you get a chance. And if they don't work, you can always give us a call back. Would that be okay? Customer, uh, yeah, no, I don't have time for all that. I just need to fix my email. Me, hmm. I ended up just sending over a step-by-step -step instructions for how to recreate her profile, which solves the issue 90% of the time. Never heard from her again. What do you mean you don't have time to do all that? You don't have time to fix your problem that you're calling for? Yeah. What do you mean you don't have time for all that? It's your problem, not mine. You're going to get a flat tire and tell the shop you don't have time for them to replace it with a new tire. You know, you just need it fixed. Like, seriously. People just don't make any sense. Huh. Unknown A4. How can it be unknown and A4 at the same time? Today I remembered a story from a while ago. Obligatory, I'm not formally tech support, but I often help out my coworkers with issues. So a few years ago, we get a new coworker and she gets the desk next to me, and right behind her is our office network printer. She gets a computer, OS, and drivers for the printer like everybody else. 
the same drivers as everybody else. Every time she tries to print, there's an error message on the printer. It says, unknown A4. Every time she has to step to the printer, press one button first, then again to select the paper size as A4, then it prints. She doesn't mind too much as the printer's right behind her, so it's always quickly done. Once we tried to solve the problem, but didn't find anything. After a couple years, most of which was work from home because of the virus, we were mostly back to the office. Still the same problem. I was more bothered by this than her and told her next week, or was it after the holiday? I don't know. We're going to solve this. I started looking into it, reinstalled the drivers, looked at all the paper size settings on the printer, on her computer, on my computer for comparison. Nothing worked. Still the same message. Unknown A4. I press the button then select the paper as A4. How can the printer say unknown paper? It is A4. It says A4. It's never anything but A4. All settings were A4. What's going on? Moore tries to print something, again pressing the button on the printer, except one time I finally actually read what was on the display. It's not A4, it's plain A4. It dawned on me it wasn't the paper size that was unknown, it was the paper quality. I find the setting on her computer, set it to normal paper or something like that, and it finally works. Read the effing screen, man. <laughs> so, I've done that before. You know, sometimes you get in such a hurry or you're just so flustered that you only read part of the error message. Or you're just, your your eyeballs are lying to you, you know. it You think it says one error, and then it disappears off the screen for whatever reason. You did something, or it just went away, or whatever. Gotta double and triple check sometimes. I've caught myself doing that a few times. Especially on my phone. I don't know if it's a small size or what, or I'm just getting old and blind. IP conflict error. I work as a copier tech, and we had this good customer that had this one copier that kept dropping off the network intermittently. We couldn't figure out why for the longest time. We swapped out the copier and same thing. We went back and forth with their IT and it was a game of pointing fingers. We get permission finally to change the IP address to test it for a week. Lo and behold, no problems. We got back on the phone with IT and put the copier back on the old IP address. We start talking and IT starts running a constant ping with MAC address lookup. And after about an hour, he gets a ping from a different MAC address. He finally admitted that the problem was on their side and starts looking into the problem. Turns out they had a part-time worker with a VPN setup. They also used that computer to connect to another network and had set the IP address to the same IP as the copier. They didn't think to change the IP address back to dynamic as everything worked on their end. Yep. Don't know too much about IPs, but I do know that they can't be shared among different devices. MAC addresses, or MAC addresses, IP addresses all need to be unique and individual. Yeah, and I'm not sure how the VPN comes into play. I guess because it's masking the IP address? I don't know, or they had to do something manual to set it up. I don't know, but you guys will tell me down below, so I fear not. Security. Another story from college. Another story from the college. So we had under-18s on site as well as offering sports facilities to the public. Security, therefore, you would expect to be of paramount importance to all. And it was to each their own little overlapping worlds. The deputy manager of the facilities team largely led the physical security side and managed the alarms and CCTV and door access controls and their various contractors. This he took very seriously and with an ex-military attitude. The IT side, however, was beneath him and also beneath the contractors and their products. Why do we have to overcomplicate everything? What's wrong with using the default passwords on all of the camera HTTP only web admin pages and using the default engineer password that they all use at every site? Why can't the sports center manager be an admin? Why should I care the customer's ID system is a web service so internet is required on the DAC network? Dude, 
One contractor in particular would repeat this overcomplicated term and probably had been whispering in his ear, worm tongue like. He felt very smug with himself after managing to get something to work by doing something we had expressly told him not to do. Very pleased with himself after proving something working and leaving the site for the day. I felt pretty smug when it stopped working the next day once group policy forced back his changes to the local admin group. Tit. Also felt pretty smug after getting a call from his line manager. Apparently he had developed a working relationship with our deputy facilities guy and was doing work outside of his ticket queue. To what benefit, I'm not sure. Yes, matey has been here today. You probably want to speak to my manager too. He'd probably be keen to discuss a lot with you. Note to say the choices for an online ID system and which vendors used were not made by IT, but our warnings were by email, written and stored for later. Unrelated, but I've just remembered. This is in the UK. The sports center complained after maggots started raining on a customer. What? A pigeon had got in and died above the ceiling panels. Oh, jeez. A pigeon had got in and died above the ceiling panels. Senior management signed off on purchasing an air rifle for the facilities deputy to snipe them. For all the long-term good that would achieve. The sight of him wandering the college grounds the first time with a rifle was not one I was prepared for. At least it was during the holidays. So, I've used pellet rifles, air rifles before to uh, take care of certain vermin. And uh, the first thing you learn is, you don't shoot them where they're not going to fall. Either lure them to the ground and shoot them, or you shoot them on a, a beam or something that's exposed so that they kind of topple off and then you can collect up the body and clean things up, tidy up a little bit. This guy obviously didn't have very good aim and uh, merely wounded it so that it would just crawl up in the ceiling tiles and die. Not good for your school, not good for the students, and definitely not good for the animal that you're trying to dispatch. If you have to kill an animal, do it quick and accurately. Come on. Just had an unexpected call. Many years ago, I was called out to a new customer's house. He'd bought a laptop with Windows Vista pre-installed. This was a Toshiba, and you'd expect, despite all the shortcomings, that Vista would be okay. Tier 1 manufacturer, drivers all tested and up to date. No, not good enough. Customer had downgraded to XP with a pirated ISO, despite there being no downgrade path at the Toshiba support website. IOW, no XP drivers for this machine, and of course, it was vomiting errors and BSODs almost every day. This wasn't during the transitional period, it was well after Vista was introduced. Fix it, he said. I told him that I could try, but as there was no official downgrade path, I couldn't guarantee a positive result. He insisted, so off I went looking for drivers at Realtek, Intel, etc., and tried it with those. It seemed to work and was stable for a day or so. Then I had another call. Angry this time, it had effed up again, and it was all my fault, and he wouldn't be paying my bill until it was fixed. I told him he could either pay my bill and I would come and have another look at it, or he could find someone else to deal with it. You can guess the outcome. Not to worry. Life goes on. Today, years later, he called me acting like we'd never met, and he wants me to come deal with some new problems. Initially, I agreed and made an appointment, but what I think I'll do is send him a text. Mr. XXX, I thought your name sounded familiar, so I went looking in my records. It seems that our last encounter resulted in a breakdown of professional trust. I don't think it's in my best interest to deal with you again. Best wishes, Old Gormsby. Too harsh? I really don't want to see him again, but it would be unprofessional to just ghost him. I'm not sure how else to say no. I've even got an old Vista Toshiba in storage, traded in by a customer. I fire it up once in a while and it's fine. I'll probably never ever use it again, but it works and doesn't throw BSODs. Update. I sent the text and put my phone in flight mode until COB. Oh, close the business. Ding dong. Within 30 seconds of 5pm, I had a text reply claiming, I don't remember. What was it about? 
which I proceeded to ignore, and 20 minutes later a phone call which I also proceeded to ignore. Firing customers is fun. I don't know. If you're going to go through the trouble to text him and not ghost him, which I agree, it's better professionally to text him and get it out of the way and be upfront about it than to ghost him. But if you're going to go to all that trouble, I would let him know why. You know, you got this when you first got this laptop, it crapped out on you. You refused to pay me and you wanted it to do something that it really wasn't supposed to do. Ta-da. And as a side note, I really liked XP back in the day. That was that was my jam. Uh, when Vista came along, it eh, I mean, it's better than a lot of other stuff like uh, Windows uh, Millennium Edition. Oh, never again on that one. Uh, yeah, I haven't even gone up to 11 yet, so uh, we'll see how that goes soon. Pretty sure Microsoft is going to force us at some point. Using IT as a repo man. I worked at a small engineering firm for eight years. The IT team consisted of two people, myself and our network guy. I had to wear many hats, sysadmin, end user support, and when my coworker was out, I was also the network guy. Along with my normal IT duties came the plethora of other jobs that were stretching the definition of IT related. The company let go of one of our PMs for being, well, consistently hammered, both at work and outside the office. A couple weeks later, I was called into the CFO's office, and our HR lady was there too. I was told that what was said should never leave this room, and I'm not going to use any names or the name of the company, so I think I'm good here. The PM who was let go had refused to return their computer and their company car. They wanted me and the CFO to go to their home and repo the items. This person's home was a good three-hour drive away, so the CFO and I took one of the company vehicles and went on our way. We get there and we have a key to the company vehicle we came to get, so we drive around the parking lot looking for it. Turns out he had a private garage and the vehicle was being stored in there. We didn't have a key to the garage, obviously, so we went to the apartment offices and asked if they could get the guy on the phone to ask him to open the garage so we could retrieve the items. He refused again. We called HR and they said they would reach out to the local PD to come out and knock on his door and request again that he open his garage and let us get the property. The police show up and they get him to come down and open the door. When I say this, I mean they basically carried him down because he was unable to walk due to the alcohol and they opened the door because he couldn't manage that either. The door is open we're able to retrieve the company property, then stop at Applebee's before going back to the office and promptly going home after. I felt so bad for the guy and I was livid that I was put in that position. Well, I wouldn't have felt bad for the guy at all. I mean, he did it to himself. I know alcoholism and all that. I get it. But, you know, he made the choice to go down that path and he took no steps to deal with it. And it put the company at risk and everything else himself and other people. And then he refused to give back company property. Well, it's not his property. He's a thief now, too. So I don't feel bad for him there. I do feel bad for you, OP, because you were put in that position. It's not your job. You know, take him to court. I'm sure they have wheelchairs at the courthouse to keep him from toppling over. The definition of we. So I'm in the States. It's 4 a.m., which means for the next several hours, I'm taking calls primarily from the U.K., my brain is often not fully awake yet, so deciphering calls from exotic locales such as Glasgow can be a challenge, but ideal. Anyway, phone rings and I answer. Lady says she can't hear me, so I speak up a little. I get the customer's basic info and then I ask the reason for the call. She gives me some convoluted answer, so I need to clarify the issue. She's not having it. I tell her I'm clarifying now in order to make sure I understand the issue so I can assist her. She's still not having it. Then she asks for a senior advisor because clearly I don't know what I'm doing. I tell her that I'm a senior advisor. She refuses to accept that. She then asks to screen share so she can show me the issue. I say, we most certainly can. Then I get, what do you mean by we? Is someone else part of this? 
The gears of my brain are in overdrive. I respond, no, you and I will be screen sharing. Her response was, there is no we in this. I finally drop my overly cheerful persona and ask if she's going to allow me to assist her. She then again challenges my role and knowledge, demands to be transferred to another senior advisor. We're not allowed to transfer to another senior advisor. And if they don't want to work with me, they have to hang up and call back. I see she called back and wasn't pleasant with the next advisor either. Who knew the word we could be so challenging? But I guess in snooty British woman speak, only the queen or king can use we like I did. <laughs> I don't understand. Like, how did she, how did she take that as a challenge? I mean, we, like you and me, we're going to screen share so that I can help you fix your problem. I don't think that's a British thing at all. I think she's just a dunce and a nasty one at that. All right, guys, thanks for sharing a little bit of your day with me today. If you enjoyed this video, yeah, video on YouTube, do me a favor and leave a like down below, leave a comment, and uh, share it around with your friends and family. You know, you shouldn't have to be the only one to suffer through these stories. And if you're on any one of the myriad of podcast formats that we're on, look around, poke around a little bit, and see if there's a place where you can leave a review. A lot of times you can leave comments with your reviews, and I'd really be interested to see. What do you like? What don't you like? Yada, yada, yada. All right, guys, till the next video, see ya.